This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I welcome Zach and Heath of Southern Tomfoolery fame. We chat about the show Southern Tomfoolery plays against the Aeon Throne and, of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, 15.3 miles from the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a wheel save. You're in the Zone of Truth. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. Beautiful day outside. Oh, gorgeous. You know what, Griffin? I was uh I just got off of work, working remotely from home, looking out, seeing the bright blue sky. Um, I get a text message. That, oh, that you're Griffin, that's not right. That Brooks and Emily want to go on an appropriate social distanced run where we're spaced far enough apart with their dog Beaker. Go for a run around our, our shared apartment complex, and I can't do it because we're recording. Oh, what a shame. At least you're wearing a tank top. I'm wearing a Hawaiian That's... shirt, so we're feeling the vibes even if we're inside. <laughs> yeah, we just try and channel that. I get it. We're we're doing our part. Yeah. You wearing we're pants? We're this together. Um, I'm wearing fleece shorts. Okay. That hardly counts. Yeah. What are you wearing down below? <laughs> you want to see? I'm wearing pants. Oh, okay. That's a disappointment. Um, anyway, let's hop right into this. I know we're on a, a rather tight time t- uh, timetable today. So what are you drinking, buddy? I am drinking on the, well, not quite the recommendation of you guys, but you kept talking about this flavor, this Smirnoff seltzer, red, white, and berry. Uh, I had to get a pack mm. because I, you know, it just sounded too interesting to pass up and it really doesn't, you guys were spot on. It really doesn't fucking taste like anything. Like I, it, it's kind of lemonade and it's kind of like blueberry more so than blue raspberry. And maybe there's something red in there. I can't tell. It's not very good. <laughs> I I maintain, I think we were talking about this the night before on Rune, when we were playing Rune Lords remotely. Um, I would be a proponent of a bomb pop pack. Right, like a, a cherry, but flavor, separate can, a lemonade, yeah. and then yeah, blue raspberry. But to mix them all together, that's and then to give me twelve of them to struggle through, like Jesus, I, I could, I could manage one bad flavor. Calm down. Well, I'm not drinking in a bad flavor. Anything. I'm drinking a good classic Yingling. Mm. Just like I remember him. So, we got. Some great guests today, Griffin. Better than our normal Better than us, for sure. Uh, (laughs) Oh, better than us, too. Uh, Before we get to them, I'm going to do what you always forget and go ahead and pop the Sirenscape on, if that's okay. Uh, You know what? I didn't even try and remind you this time. I I know. Don't even try and get me. I'd never slip. (laughs) Uh, This time, we're playing from the travel music, Witchwood Harp. I'm sure this one will be very Ooh. familiar to our listeners because Steve has a fat finger for it. I would say that this is 20% of our game Sirenscape. Oh Concerned boy, that boy. travel music you just love. 
fucking it's golden all right so like i said we have some great guests today i think the listeners are going to be very excited welcome to the show of southern tomfoolery fame hacky sack heroes sdf unplugged i'm probably missing SDF stuff you, but heath and zach that's actually SDF a show that's not well. what i want you to do, even though that's what i want you to do <laughs> God damn it, let me yeah. introduce the guests. Ethan Zach, hey, welcome hey. aboard. <laughs> thanks for having us, guys. It's good to be here. Oh, thanks for being here. It's great to have yeah, you guys. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. Oh. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> so what are you guys doing today? Enjoy you got some good weather down uh, where you're it's at? It's hot, but it's uh it's nice. It's not it's, um, yeah, it's an incredibly rare, beautiful day in Mississippi. Yeah. And we're spinning yeah, you're, inside. you're right at that stage right before it gets too hot for comfort, right? Yeah, we're it's really close. Okay. It's starting in May, it's forget about it, it's over with. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're also smack in the middle of tornado season. So I think we've had, what, 78 tornadoes across the state? Yeah, already. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but last year Mississippi had more tornadoes than any other state uh, in the country. That's a thing. That's something I did not know. I yeah. thought that was Oklahoma. Exactly. I, I, Everybody you know, thinks Oklahoma. Yeah, I did too until I got into you know my current uh, profession, and they were like, "So yeah, by the way, uh, we deal with tornadoes like all the time." That's <laughs> it's it's tornadoes <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, it's all, tornadoes all the way down, for sure, for sure. Great. Well, I, my first question to you guys: Is there ever a good time to live in Mississippi? Because it kind of sounds like that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. In the like, <laughs> in the fall, it's really nice. Um, if you, ooh, okay. if you're like it. retired, it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't have anything you want to do, <laughs> you know, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah, Haley's grandparents are down in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, oh, and I can okay. say like, the, the Gulf is nice. I enjoyed my time down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pleasant. Although Gulf Shores has one of the highest uh, DUI. Rates of like anywhere no, in the country. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're right near Florida, That's like half of them. Well, yeah, just their I mean, police force is like hardcore about DUIs. That's how they make yeah. their revenue. Makes sense. Well, speaking of DUIs, <laughs> what are you guys drinking? <laughs> oh, oh, that boy. is a 24 ounce Wildberry, truly. Damn, son. <laughs> the tall boy. There you go. The tall and fat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I am having a uh, white claw watermelon right now. Just a, uh, it's it's still, it's still fairly early in the afternoon. I don't want to go too hard. Those are the good ones. They are good. It's, it's tasty. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I I, I think among the the uh, hideous laughter crew, we've all kind of acknowledged that watermelon. You know, big big surprise from the new white claw pack. Yeah, that one's tasty. It's, it's Game stepping up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so, so again, thanks guys for coming on. Thanks for telling me what you're drinking. Um, you know, we had Emily and Adam from your show on several Zone of Truths ago, but can you guys give our listening audience a little refresher on, um, on first what you guys do in the TTRPG community and then just who specifically you two are? Um, I'm going to call on Heath first. Yeah. Um, in that order, <laughs> you want me to tell you about the show first? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. T- 
Tell us about the show, then we'll then we'll get to the less important stuff. Uh, yeah, so we are kind of uh, champions of the Starfinder system. That's that's kind of our favorite game to play. We're doing um, we're kind of at the tail end of Against the Aeon Throne, um, but we're gonna go after that into uh, shit. What's it called? Signal of Screams. Signal of Screams. I, was, I wanted to say Attack of the Swarm so bad. Um, no, that's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's our thing is like we're, we're trying to we're going to compound like three different three book APs into one kind of mega journey. Well, you guys are going to be like right there with the um, I don't know. I can't remember the name of it, but the, the one that was announced for Gen Con, I think. That is the the high level play devastation arc. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus yeah, no, it sounds Christ, ominous, doesn't it? It sounds that. like really, yeah, um, like world ending. But I, I think like I'm not very familiar with high level APs. I've never played. I think the highest that Heath and I have played a character in any system is like what twelve. Uh, in five E, we got to like fourteen, didn't we? I thought it was 12, but I could be wrong. It's been a minute since we played, so... But, so, yeah, I mean, I imagine that the high-level stuff really gets into, you know, completely, like, world-ending scenarios and things like that, right? Like, surely. Yeah, I mean, you're a superhero by that point. Yeah. Yeah, we've only played Starfinder to 13, right, Steve? I think we were 13. I... we played through Dead Sons. I want to say it ended. I think at we hit thirteen after we killed the final boss or whatever. It was like you should be thirteen by the yeah. end of this adventure. We're like, cool. <laughs> don't don't ever great. get to do anything with that thirteenth level. Yeah, but you got it. We were thirteen in our <laughs> hearts. All right, so so we got we got a Southern tomfoolery, right? You guys are champions of Starfinder. You guys are going to do the triumvirate of tri book APs. Um, really really going to be playing some cool shit um the listeners know that we love your show um but let's talk about you guys what's your gaming experience where do you come from you guys mentioned 5e before i just kind of want to get the the broad sense for our listeners who you folks are um heath you can wait let's talk to (laughs) zach for a second um yeah so uh I, i suppose that we have been playing ttrpgs for upwards of three maybe four years now Heath correct me if I'm wrong uh something like that yeah but yeah we started with 5e as I think that you know a lot of people do it's it seems to be the the you know the most accessible um and at a certain point we decided that you know we could handle a little more crunch and um our GM Adam of course uh you know turned us on to to Paizo stuff and specifically Starfinder which we were really interested in to kind of get away from the fantasy a little bit and into that sci-fi because it just seemed like a whole new galaxy you know and uh, so yeah we, we were, we've come a long way um, now I like really don't even like 5e I just <laughs> don't uh, I, I don't I don't love the direction that Wizards is going with it and I do like the direction that Paizo is going in a lot of their products. And so I, I, I can't speak for Heath, but I'm pretty firmly in the uh, Paizo camp these days. So 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 you said that Paizo's doing some stuff that you really like right now. Um, any insight into what that might be? Or Well, 
Sure, yeah. I mean, like, with with the granularity that comes with, um, you know, Starfinder and Pathfinder, you you have a lot more customization, in my opinion. And, you know, it's, it's really cool, in my opinion, to be able to have all of these options as opposed to 5e, which... It's getting better, but it, it, it's it's everything is so balanced that it's so homogenous in a lot of ways. Whereas you know, um, Paizo kind of gives you the freedom to fuck up if you want to, which I appreciate. You can absolutely ruin a character um, in Starfinder and Pathfinder. I don't know, you know, I haven't tried to like make a really bad unoptimized character in two E. So I can't speak to that. But. It's harder. Yeah. yeah. It's a decent bit harder. They squashed that, the the wrong choice. And, and maybe <laughs> it's because they hit the reset button. And so there's not a lot of wrong choices to make. But yeah. in first edition, I mean, there's half of the archetypes are suboptimal and another quarter of those are just outright bad on on the last episode <laughs> of um of the zone of truth when we had Haley on we ran through some of the worst and wackiest archetypes and uh what you guys are saying is is totally true there are uh, archetypes that are just absolutely hamstrung bad you just wonder what were they thinking when they when they wrote them. But typically they'll, they'll have like years a weird, <laughs> interesting flavor that you'll you'll want to play it and uh, it's it's uh it's not great but you know some yeah. work really really well uh, right. Uh, go ahead. Well, well, I was going to say, you know, with two E, um, even though you know they've they've gotten the math a lot tighter, I really like the three action system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that's um, oft talked about, but I I really like it. It gives it. I feel like it gives you a lot of freedom um, to make you know more actions in your turn. Heath, you disagree? You No, I was just going to say, it's off-talked about by Zach, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. I, I, he I, has I, a tendency to be mid-game and be pissed off, can't do everything he wants to do in one turn. It's like, well, if they just write some errata and change it to the three-action system. I mean, I, I have <laughs> I have said that. Um, I, and I stand by it. I stand by it to, to this day. For sure. You guys would like the Game Mastery guy. They actually brought in ways that you can use stamina, like in Starfinder and some other, like, Starfinder adjacent uh, rule sets brought him back to 2E and basically said like oh here's how you can use stamina and make it balanced or here's how you can do X, Y, and Z. Oh that's pretty interesting. Stamina is really strong man. Stamina Stamina is really strong. That's why if you're going to kill a first edition character or if you're going to kill a Starfinder character you better do it at level one. (laughs) Yeah yeah. I mean you got to Especially That's if right. they take the toughness feat, man. I think my character has like 72 stamina and like 48 HP at level 6. No joke, man. I played a Vest Soldier before, too. You don't fuck around. <laughs> Not at all. Absolutely. Um, Heath, how about how about you hop in here for a second? Tell us about you. You guys uh, have similar background gaming experiences, uh, D&D 5e. Anything else that our listeners should be aware of? Um... I mean, yeah, we, we, like Zach said, we started with 5e, and I still really appreciate that game system. I find it really enjoyable. I don't love, necessarily, like Zach, some of the direction that they're moving in currently. But, I mean, whenever we decided to try Starfinder, it was, it was 
obviously because we love sci-fi and, and wanted to experience that setting, but it's also because like we play remotely, you know, like we use Roll20. So we had run every adventure in 5e that was compatible with Roll20 that we were interested in. We had done all of them. Sure. So we had done like Storm King's, Storm King's Thunder, Curse of Strahd, uh, Tomb of Annihilation. Um, and those are the big ones. What yeah, did we, we do? Did any Lost other ones? Mine first. That was Lost. the first thing we ever ran was Lost Mine of Fendelver. Yeah, which is a great introductory adventure. So, having never played a 5e adventure, what you guys are saying makes it seem like they're a lot shorter. <laughs> you said you've been playing for three years and got through, unless you guys are playing like. No, we were playing concurrently. I mean, it was like seriously. I, we, I think we ran Storm Kings every week, and then we alternated Tomb and Curse of Strahd every Bi- other yeah, week. Yeah, bi-weekly. Yeah. We were we, playing we were a lot. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it took us, I mean, what, it took us almost two years to do Storm Kings. Yeah, it took Yeah, it took a while. And we started recording. Halfway like we through. Decided, yeah, decided to start recording our episodes just for ourselves, I think about a year in. And then as we got to the end of that, that's when Adam said, you know, I, th- I think we should do a podcast, guys. And and here we are. So, yeah, and here we well, are. I- yeah, absolutely. You guys uh, touched on something which was only part, but a, a significant part of why Griffin and I wanted to have you guys on because so many people, you know, as at time of recording have had to transition their games to an online platform like Roll20 or, or Fantasy Grounds or what have you. You guys not only have been playing online for a very long time, all remote, but you've been doing a really good job of it and putting together a product that is cohesive and sounds really well. So who better to have on now than the experts <laughs> of oh, right thanks. now? Yeah, thanks. that's you're definitely blowing some smoke up our asses, but we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but It uh, all comes from the heart. It's yeah, true. But for real, there is a learning curve to playing remotely you know what i mean Mm -hmm. being aware of how to not step on each other's toes whenever you're talking and especially because you're gonna have a little bit of lag over something like skype or discord or or zoom whatever and so you have to be mindful of that and you have to be mindful of (sighs) being descriptive and and explaining things that was one of the hardest things for us when we started recording and i think that's probably just more podcast than actual remote podcast but um describing directions as opposed to just saying over there i don't know if you guys had to run into that one when you were starting because that was one of the things that we Mm -hmm. really had to like dial in as we i'll say it's it's gotten it's much more difficult using something as awesome as like a roll 20 or a fantasy grounds is because you can visually show everybody in such great detail. Like I'm moving 20 feet over and 10 feet up and uh, everyone else can see it and you can ping stuff on the map and it makes it so much easier to not talk about what exactly you're doing. I mean, we ran into that running it at, at a table too. And it was, you know, it be, it became like, Hey, do it for me, guys. I'm sitting at the end of the table with the glare. I can't even see the fucking map. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. like at least tell me where you're going so I, can, I know if I could take an attack of opportunity or something. Right. I, I think that's still something that we struggle with, even with all the experience that we have. Um, just because you get, you know, in the moment, you, you want to be like, all right, I'm going over here and I'm hitting this guy or whatever. And um, 
it, it is tough because it's kind of a situation of being a little bit spoiled because for the most part, the maps that we get in Roll20 are really good. And we've gotten so used to having these awesome maps and not having to describe that it, like Zach said, it's something we constantly have to check ourselves on. And every now and then I, I try to make sure that I like, all right, can we pause for a second and like describe this whole setup, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I can see from the map that there's like a stack of crates over here, like this here and this there. And that might not be in the adventure description, but the maps are so nice these days, the digital maps. Well, Paizo's uh, maps are really nice. Uh, 5Es are taking a little step back. They're trying to go kind of old school with it, which I think is is it's okay, in my opinion, for a, a, a table game. You know what I mean? When you're doing a lot of theater of the mind anyway, and you just need a grid. Um, digitally, I think it helps with immersion so much more to have a detailed map. And yeah, when when it, if I can interrupt for a second, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or add on to this, um, I distinctly remember the switch over to the digital maps on our table. Um, we had been hand drawing everything with like the the visa v markers or whatever on on the uh, on the grid maps. Our hairstone map was fucking good, though. I mean, our hairstone <laughs> map for was how tricky. It was eight by four feet, trying to fit on a pool size, uh, a pool table size table, gaming table. Wow! Uh, but so, I mean, it, it was a, a feat of engineering on our end, um, and car- wonderful, incredible cartography. Um, I remember switching over in the Dead Suns AP. And we went from those like hand draw sharpie looking maps to like beautiful 720p like bright neon colors. Yeah, we were going through like ancient alien ruins, and you could see all of the cool old technology. It blew me away the first play- the first time we played. It was great. Yeah, it, it'll spoil you for sure. Yeah. Quick. Well, I just love the ability to like you can. There are so many talented map makers, like digital map makers these days, that like for homebrew, it's a whole new world. I found so many cool maps for our evil interlude stuff that's just like purely homebrew, no adventure path map. Like I found the damn uh, evil dead cabin and could just <laughs> throw a grid on it and turn it into this <laughs> sick map. It's like uh, you're basically like limitless once you move to that digital piece in terms of just finding cool shit to map out and even doing your own shit digitally. Yeah, I was going to say Roll20, there's a lot of packs that you can get that have uh, toolkits in them so that you can essentially build your own map, you know, like place a rock there and a tree there, or, you know, whatever you want to do. And um, you can get really creative with yeah. it. I'm actually in a Facebook group um, that is just dedicated to maps. Like, it's just people posting maps to use for free every day. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. That's so cool. All right, guys. Well, I have to, I, I hate to be that guy, but I got to get us back on track. We got yeah, Jenna to go get ahead, through man. with a limited time to do it. So um, something that Griffin and I have been doing over the last couple weeks, um, when we get on here doing a zone of truth, when we bring on our guests, we talk because so many people right now are stuck at home. Um, they're working from home. They're they've got the stay at home order, and a lot of people are getting bored. So we've been trying to clue people into some of the stuff we've been doing, um, and some of the the cool uh, how do I put this media we've been consuming to keep ourselves sane. Um, 
does anybody want to start this off giving some suggestions to the listeners of, of what you've been, what's been your obsession lately? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Oh, yeah, Zach, um, go for, for it. For me, I have been listening to this band that has been around for a few years that I just uh, picked up on them. They're called Covet. It's so, they're sort of a math rock kind of trio, all instrumental, mm-hmm. but it's so good, man. It's so, like, the tones are so colorful, um, and they'll go into, like, heavy sections that don't feel heavy, you know, and it's very intricate, and it, like, tickles my brain. Um, I've been really enjoying that, and I've also been listening a lot to Wolfpack, who is, I know, a band that Heath loves, and uh, but I have taken a little while to, like, really dive in, and I've been really, really enjoying uh, both of those bands here lately as um, oh, just a way to unwind. Yeah, I think Wolfpack is, like, <clears throat> a perfect kind of remedy for the situation that we're in because they're really talented, uh, you know, jazz musicians and, and funk musicians and everything, but they balance that with a certain, like, wholesomeness that's really refreshing. Yeah, dude, that. they're that's so awesome. wholesome, man. They're so wholesome. They really are. Yeah, that's a great word for, for Wolfpack. I, I love that. That sounds super cool, and I'm definitely going to check out Covet. I, I listen to a little bit of the, the heavier tunes myself, oh, um, okay. and, and that sounds really cool. Uh, Heath, what what have you been jamming to, listening to, uh, watching lately, reading? I don't know. What you got? Yeah, I mean, like like he said, Wolfpack. Just watch their live at Madison Square Garden concert. I think I've mentioned it on podcast like six times now. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a really big sports guy, and I know people that are into sports are really struggling right now because there's mm-hmm. nothing to consume, um, and today is the second day of the NFL draft. So a really nice thing for, for those sports fans that are just craving something is The uh, the Last Dance The uh, is a docuseries that aired the, its first two episodes uh, last Sunday, and it covers the last championship year of Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. And uh, a film crew had like unprecedented access to their their entire season. Oh wow! Where where can people find that? Where do you watch that? Oh, I don't know where it's officially available. Oh, uh, ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's awesome. Have Being you seen some of the Chicago alternate myself. some of the alternative uh, sports that uh, they've been posting on ESPN, like the. Um, uh, the, the NASCAR marble racing, marble racing, the marble racing is so legit. Marble races are my shit, man. It's so good. Uh, I know I'm, they, this, I'm completely missing this. What the fuck is marble racing? It's exactly <laughs> what it sounds oh, like, man. Steve. It's, it's, it's marble wonderful. races, and it's on ESPN. Well, I, I've watched it on YouTube. Yeah, there it's, it's a, on a, YouTube. Yeah, I think yeah. it, I think it might be. ESPN's YouTube channel, or it, they're okay. like reposting they're, it or yeah, something, co-opting it. It's um, like they make this huge track in in like sand and just drop like 40 marbles onto the track and they it's all downhill. So they all continue to roll and uh, someone someone very talented uh, commentates the entire thing. And it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot like a horse race. Like he's like. Oh, Phoenix Red at the front. Oh, but, you know, and and all the all the marbles have a unique color name. Yeah, like it's, Purple Sparkle coming in right behind. And all, dude, it's so Oh, he good. takes the northern hook. 
Yeah, the commentator gets so into it that you can't help but also get into it. You know, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, I love it. I I can't remember the last time that I've been recording an episode of The Zone of Truth and have been blown away by what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) I am shocked. I am stoked. And I'm considering cutting this interview short because I want to watch that now. (laughs) Look, man, we'll just pause, you know, go go watch one and we'll come back. Yeah, it's fine. As far as the uh, unorthodox sports, I I listen to this podcast called The Lead, um, and they every weekday they put out a you know, little 20 or 30 minute sports related, whatever, you know, episode. And, uh, they were talking about that because like NASCAR fans are freaking out because they don't have any NASCAR to watch. So they've been like the, whatever channel TNT or whoever, I don't know that usually has NASCAR has been having it's like digital, you know, NASCAR simulators, and they oh they, they put it on like a full like forty two or whatever person field of e racers, and a lot of the professional NASCAR guys have been doing it with like with the fans, and to the point that people have lost sponsorships with their actual NASCAR team because they like rage quit halfway through the e race. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Again, I'm shocked. I have no words. I have so many questions, yet nothing comes to mind. Talk about going down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> right, you, right. You lose your sponsorship over a glorified video game. <laughs> well, and, and it's a professional NASCAR driver, too. And he, he right. like rage quit because some, you know, e-nerd wrecked him in a, in a digital race <laughs> and ended his day early. And he's like, screw this. This is why I don't take this sport seriously. And then, like, you know, logged off and rage quit. And they're like, yeah, we're going to pull your sponsorship now. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. God damn. Well, that's that's wild. And thank you for sure. Yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm going to pass it to my co-host over here, Griffin. What you been into lately, man? Dude, the anime Food Wars has... I've, I've dove yes. in hard. I love that show. Haley and I have tried to cook some of the shit that they make on that show. It's, it's an anime that's kind of like Iron Chef, but it's like a... It's, a, it's this crazy prestigious school that young chefs go to to hone their skills and it it like it's reminiscent of bleach in how ridiculous like the like oh there's 10 members of the council and you have to defeat each of them in a food war and like all of this shit is so anime tropey but it's all like iron chef and then people are doing like crazy ingredients or mixing up ingre- like normal ingredients into something bonkers and it has like like I really want Emily to watch this cuz it has food science as a part of it. Oh, she loves it. Like yeah. Molecular gastronomy and stuff they bring up on the show and we've been watching guys grocery games for fucking too long and I was like enough of this. We can't keep watching guys go- grocery games all day during the quarantine. So then we found Food Wars, which is basically the same fucking thing, but in an anime. Animated. What an interesting two fandoms to cross over. Like the the people that just love Gordon Ramsay videos and the Great <laughs> British Bake Off and all that, and then anime fans. It's like, if you like those two specific things, have I got a product for you? I mean, the show's phenomenal. I Heath, it yeah, works. It works in a way that I was not expecting at all. Is that is that on Netflix? It's it's like 
It's on Hulu right now. Okay. Uh, at least the first two seasons are on Hulu, and then we I think we we're contemplating a Crunchyroll uh, crunchy subscription yeah, that to, crunchy uh, roll, man. to yeah. find uh, the rest of it. It's worth it. It's so good. I used to watch that back uh, back with Tim when we used to live together. And Griffin hit the nail on the head. It's Iron Chef with the intensity of Attack on Titan. <laughs> it's like fucking like people. They taste the dishes and like their clothes blow off. And oh yeah, the blue yeah, yeah behind them. So, graphic. so <laughs> fucking good. It's not quite nudity, but so people are good. like in a state of bliss. It's the level of drama <laughs> that you wish that you got from, you know, Iron Chef. Exactly. Right? I want yeah, yes, I want the judges yes. to foodgasm on the like yeah. on the show. <laughs> you get that with Food Wars, baby. That's awesome, man. What That's the, awesome. The content we are producing in this episode is just all over we're, the place. We're giving bad great we're, recommendations. Well, we're A to B to C, man. I, I think <laughs> it's all structured. Everything here makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> It makes a lot of sense in my mind. So I'm going to bring it back around, too. I got a couple suggestions as well. I've been watching this show. I'm almost done. Um, That's called Kingdom on Netflix. It is... I don't know if you guys have heard about this one. Um, Fucking phenomenal production value. But there's two seasons of it out right now. It's like... It's a zombie story with the 28 Days Later zombies set in 1500s Korea. Oh, wow. It is... Awesome. There's like there's a t- they're just super yep. outclassed. Oh, oh definitely. They're they're way outclassed. Um, what I was presently pleasantly surprised with. There's a lot of like cool political intrigue too, which is really interesting. Um, and it's kind of like you know it's almost like seasons of The Walking Dead, but with all of the bullshit cut out. Like because there's only six episodes a season, they move really fast, but it doesn't feel rushed. They just hit the important stuff and don't like spend too much. Like they don't waste your time. I've I'm really only three been episodes in, and yeah, it's it's got me hooked pretty good. It's uh, <laughs> I was genuinely surprised because I've watched pretty much everything in the zombie genre. It's different and it's good. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Big up to Jason of what you do pods or yeah, yes, what, yeah, what do, do you do, do pods? What's up, uh, Jason? He's he's the one that uh, that turned us on to this. So we, you know, I, I I've been hooked and I'm almost done. As for music, um, I've been reliving all day my um, like teenage pop punk emo days because the used dropped a new album today oh, called Heart. Oh really? And it's so Dude. great. Yeah, it's dude, I, so I was a former emo kid as well, and I loved the uh-huh. used man. And Love and Death is still such a great record, yeah. man. So good, Zach. Zach, we <laughs> got a lot to talk about, but this—I'm telling you, this this new record like brought me back. It's very nostalgic and it's very well done. If you like the old stuff, okay, I think dude, you really like this. I will this. definitely check it out, man. I will absolutely get on that because um, the used were definitely one of my favorite bands in the genre at the time you know it brings me back to watching all of the old uh music videos on like oh dude i lived on fuse back in the day man that was uh power fuse so good man you get that mcr you get the afi brand new Mm -hmm. taking back Mm -hmm. sunday good stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can only get so wrecked (laughs) yeah um 
But, but I also have a couple more music musical updates for me. Uh, one of my favorite bands in the world, Enter Shikari, put out a new record last week called Nothing is True and Everything is Possible. It is kind of a, it harkens back to some of their older stuff, but it's much more mature than some of their older stuff. It's fucking amazing. I would suggest anybody to listen to it. And then the real big tent thing for me. After six years recovering from a bus accident, drummer lost his leg, they all got surgeries, they got super fucked up. My favorite band in the world, The Ghost Inside, is back with their first single. It's called Aftermath. And Wait, there's a lot to unpack right there. They all got in a bus wreck? Yeah, so... Um, in 2014, these guys were, I think it was, no, it was 2015. In 2015, um, my favorite band was touring. Uh, somebody was driving a semi tractor and fell asleep at the wheel and hit them on the highway, Shit. you know, head to head. So the bus driver and the semi tra- uh, truck driver both were killed. And then, um, like I said, the the drummer lost his leg. Uh, one of the one of the guitarists, I think, lost a bunch of his toes. The lead singer got some bone infection that he needed something like thirty surgeries for. That's not an exaggeration. Wow. It was like thirty. Uh, and and they played like two live shows last year, and they finally put out a new song like this week. And they have this beautiful music video for it, where it starts with a, a news. Uh, coverage of the accident and then the rest of the music video is those reunion shows from earlier this year and um and like a home video of like them all learning to Dude. walk again and stuff uh, <laughs> i almost i i cried it i i, I knew I, it <laughs> i don't admit that kind of stuff often but i was i just i just i yeah. just felt so, like so proud of those dudes i met the lead singer once upon a time and he was so genuinely fun. man he was I a great mean, guy mad props um, to them for yeah, for going to that recovery, that's awesome. Back. You know, I've never heard them, but that's still that's just such a cool story to uh, overcome such a terrible accident like that. Yeah, I'll look them up, man. Absolutely, up. but uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, and then we can chat about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, oh, yeah, we, we can go. We so can go excited. all day on some emo, man, for sure. Heath, we could just drink some Bloody Marys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Um, but now that we got all that out of the way, guys, um, I want to take a, just a couple seconds before we hop into some character stuff um, to review uh, some more Southern tomfoolery stuff. So you guys already mentioned that you guys are wrapping up against the Aeon Throne and heading towards the Signal Screams AP. But you guys have some other auxiliary shows that you guys are doing as well, correct? Uh, yeah, one of which um, I believe you gentlemen are also involved in. We can talk about that one we'll first get if there. you want. We'll, oh, get, we'll there. get there. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, in due time. In due time. Uh, yeah, so uh, Heath and Adam host a sort of our, our own version of Zone of Truth uh, that we call Tom Talks. Do you want to talk about that maybe? Yeah, Real sure. quick, Heath? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's somewhat similar to Zone of Truth in that it's kind of our chance to talk about what's current in our TTRPG world, what's going on. The last one we did was uh, <clears throat> our... <sighs> we we covered the new Near Space book, which is a challenge to do in a limited amount of time with a 160-page book. I think the episode <laughs> ended up being like an hour and 45 minutes long, um, and still we felt like we covered, you know, maybe 15% of it. 
Um, but we don't always cover. I mean, we try to cover the new like lore-ish books whenever they come out. But other than that, like we'll um, get together and do kind of interview-ish stuff like this often based around like a theme like you know if it's halloween it'll be a spooky one or whatever um but yeah it's it's it that's kind of the in-house show like it's only people that are on the show like we don't have guests for that one because zach hosts every now and then uh uh stfu which is a interview show for like people in the industry and stuff like that yeah, that, that one's a little more focused uh, specifically towards interviews. We've only done a couple of them. It's just with my schedule, it's been kind of hard to make them happen. But, um, you know, we're working on uh, an, another one of those. So stay tuned for that. We've had uh, Eleanor Farron, who is a writer for Paizo, um, a fantastic human being as well. She's great. And we've had our good friend Jason from What Do You Do Pods on there. And that was a, a really, really great interview. If you haven't listened to that one, um, definitely go check that one out. But um, yeah, and then I guess we also have our Patreon exclusive show uh, that we call Hacky Sack Heroes. It's based around an auxiliary NPC that we uh, that our p- party runs into in our main show, uh, who would just became like sort of a fan favorite early on. And we decided to give him his own show. So Adam, our GM, gets to play him, and we play his uh, cohorts. And um, our, our good friend Emily, who's on the show, um, she GMs it, and she's she's doing a great job. And um, it's it's sort of a more lighthearted, uh, less serious, uh, you know, really just zany sort of Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, because, style. because the deal is, like, that auxiliary character, Weldy, is like a 18-year-old stoner. So, yep. so it's like him and all his best friends go <laughs> off to, like, adventurer college kind of thing, you know? <laughs> That's it's so it's a, a really fun, and like you said, it's really lighthearted. Like, it, we're not, it's not the show that we're, like, in there in an intense battles wherein we're going to die all the time. It's a lot more, like, kind of a chance for us to get together have fun and take a bit of a breather and kind of exercise our more silly uh, rp tendencies i saw um our mutual friend uh alex giordano did all of the art for all of your characters oh yeah it looks sick oh man alex crushed it he crushed he did a great job with the art it's definitely uh i guess they're on our discord i don't know where else they're at on the internet yeah i think they're pinned in our discord Um, yeah but he, he had a really interesting and unique art style for those that really worked that is different from the art that we had uh, well, I was commissioned just thinking, for like, other show. You describe it as Saturday morning cartoon and like he has kind of that style but a little bit edgier, maybe a little edgier yeah. than a Saturday yeah. morning cartoon, but it's definitely like stylized like a cartoonish character and uh, it definitely works for those characters. It looks so good. Oh, absolutely. Big shout out to Alex, man. He, he, he did a great job. Uh, and then I guess we can we can touch on our mutual show that we're doing sort of underground style. Um, yeah, hideous tomfoolery. It's, the resistance uh, will not be televised. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's televised. guerrilla podcasting. It, it really is. What I think is so funny about hideous tomfoolery is that we had people, you know, uh, mutual listeners of our shows who had speculated about this, I think, before we even started playing. 
you know, Is it that was just true. Yeah, I think we had some. <laughs> That's we, awesome. had, we had a couple people who uh, who caught on to, you know, when we were still talking about it, I think, and hadn't even, like, sat down to record yet. Yeah, I think there were a couple of drops of, like, oh, we might be doing some crossover stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well, I know who's crossing over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we are uh, together running Attack of the Swarm, and um, I guess that's going to be... Uh, Heath and I, and then you two guys, as well as Emily and Adam, our GM, is running that for us. And, um, yeah, I guess we've released two chunks now, so we've had 12 episodes out of yeah. that. That is, if you know where to find it, it is free and available, but... Um, you either of our know. Discords, you just yeah, gotta yeah. get one get of the, the Discords. You, you gotta get in the Discord <laughs> if Preferably you want both. Yeah. <laughs> Hit subscribe. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun though, guys. I, I I've I've had a great time um, playing <laughs> a scoundrel. I love in that show how it started like <clears throat> with a similar, I think, idea as like hacky sack heroes. We're like, oh, this is just going to be you know loosey goosey, um, you know, a fun show to play. Even though Attack of the Swarm is not like light or easy content by any means but very quickly we all got super into it and started introducing flashbacks and everything that we initially had not planned at all and yeah i gotta say like role playing with you guys has been absolutely a privilege and a pleasure it's been so much fun and playing off of you guys i mean you've taught me and steve a ton about remote recording and i know we're still like new at it but like you know helped us a ton get better at it and like actually be able to play off of you guys remotely and uh i mean everything we've done so far and where it's going is more intense than i expected yeah oh and you guys are doing great i mean you have some awesome characters too like i like you guys both have just (laughs) such cool characters you know so i really like i know that uh Emily and I kind of pissed Adam off a little bit because once we got into it further and it became apparent that we were going to dig into this thing and have flashbacks and have, you know, um, connections like that that are that are narratively important and relevant. And Emily and I were trying to think of some stuff like that. And we both realized, like, we really didn't plan for having an actual motivation for doing this. <laughs> like we got so into the concept of our characters because they are linked. Like they have an interconnected backstory, which is a tendency that I have uh, in general because I'm a weirdo. But uh, our, our characters bond is what was so important that we realized like we didn't actually plan out like why we got involved in this narrative to begin with. Well, before we get, well, yeah, go ahead, Steve. I, it's your transition. I, I, I think that's a great stepping off point to uh, take a hop, skip, and a jump here through the agenda and pop right into that. So, um, one of the things that we wanted to do while we had your your guys' time today was highlight your characters from hideous tomfoolery. So, the folks at home who have listened already or or will listen. Um, maybe get a little bit of a better understanding of who those characters are and see a little bit of a peek behind the screens. Um, would love to just kind of shoot the shit with you guys about your characters and um, what better way than to start with Tex Arcana himself from Heath. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the comic relief character. Um, Tex Arcana is a halfling witch warper who has somehow 
Because Witch Warpers, their whole thing is like they can access the myriad other universes. And he is incredibly fixated on our actual Earth's Texas. Um, I don't know <laughs> how he accessed it the first time, but like that's all he lives his life via the lens of actual Texas. Um, and he's, uh, he, like I said, he's a witch warper. So he, he like summons stuff and he brings things in from other universes, but he's also a halfling and very much a cowboy. Um, and his best friend, uh, slash like soul bonded partner is Emily's character who is a dragonkin named Yuvari. Um, and the, the, that's what really kind of started the whole thing. She wanted to play a dragonkin, and was really interested in the soul bonded or dragon bond or whatever it's called mechanic, which basically means when we roll initiative, say I roll a, an 18 and she rolls a five, we both get 18 for initiative because we're bonded. That's really dug you guys out of some. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> yeah. cool little, little thing. Well, and she's so big and I'm so little that it's the classic, like, you know, odd couple or whatever. So half of the adventure, I think I've literally like been on Yuvari's shoulders or in an, an actual it's battle. Been re- it's been really fun yeah. to watch. <laughs> like, oh yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. a lot, he's a lot of fun, man. That, that character is an opportunity for me to be my most silly and Southern because he's, he has a, you know, very distinct Southern accent. <laughs> and and Heath, can you can you share with the listeners uh, something that you told us um, off mic when we were doing one of these recording sessions? You have a setup um, at at your place, you know, several different monitors, um, but a, a lot of Texas reference material at this on the screen at any given time, right? <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, I don't have like a master document, but every time we play, I like basically open up like 10 different windows of like wildlife from Texas, famous people from Texas, bands from Texas. I've gotten a little bit fixated on ZZ Top lately. I love it. <laughs> well, it comes through. Yeah, so. and he goes there. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Um, let's let's change gears a little bit and talk to Zach about the aforementioned scoundrel, um, a a spelling of a character's name that baffles me, Vinian. <laughs> I would like Vinian. you to start by spelling like that for the listeners. V Y N Y Y N. Classic. Um, Vinian is a half drow technomancer and I just decided to really lean in with the absurd sort of dark elf spellings that you see um, for dark elf names I really wanted to go there with it but yeah uh, Vinny is um, yeah he's absolutely a scoundrel he's a, a pirate of sorts and um, I, I so I joined Hideous Tom Foolery a few sessions in anybody who's listened will know um you know, a little behind the curtain on that, Adam basically came to me and said, our party for Hideous Tomfoolery does not have a skill monkey. We don't have any computers. We don't have any <laughs> engineering. They're going to be screwed. I still don't think we need uh, <laughs> well, You may not. You may not. We'll just hit shit with his shield until it works. <laughs> right. That is one way to do it. But um, Adam, you know, he asked if I would come on and basically was like, you know, I need you to make, you know, 
an intelligence-based class, essentially. So I decided to do a Technomancer, but I really play more like a rogue. And um, that's that's been a lot of fun, because I haven't really ever played like a a chaotic neutral sort of character before. And it, this, it's been a lot of fun, you know, um, being willing to engage in PvP if that's what it takes to get the job done or rolling sleight of hand checks to hide loot from the party and stuff like that. I mean, um, I've never really played a character like that. And so that's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, there's still, you know, there's a lot to Vinny. He's not, you know, one-dimensional. And um, I think we'll, we'll get more into that as we uh, keep playing. I don't want to, like, give his whole backstory away when that's, you know, still yet to come. But I hope I haven't annoyed you guys too much with, with uh, Vinny. I know, I know he hates me. <laughs> no, I don't hate you. Tex Arcana hates Vinny. Yeah, well, that's fair. You did, well... You did some things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you done some shit. Yeah. But hey, look, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> did you die? Don't, don't say. Don't did say. Did you die? Almost. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Sh- we'll never tell. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure playing but with yeah. you two. I, I truly do like both of these characters quite a bit. Um, Griffin and I have had uh, just, just a riot bouncing our own uh, respective bullshit. Off of off of these two, so um, thanks for what you've brought to the show. Um, I, I'd like to pivot back to your original material now a little bit. Uh, head head back into uh, Southern Tomfoolery Land. Um, before we move into the okay. question and answer segment of this show, I want to do the same kind of spotlight for um, your characters from your guys' flagship show. Reason being, we had Emily and Adam on before, and Emily had this nice long segment where we talked about Siva and how amazing she is. Um, and I want to give your, your your guys' characters a moment to shine on this show for our listeners, um, maybe to get them interested in, get them a little peek behind the screens, who, who these folks are, um, who out there is fighting against the space Nazis on their behalf. Um, we've been talking to Zach about... Vinian, uh, still disagree with the spelling, but okay. Uh, for quite a while now, <laughs> so let's kick it back over to Heath. Um, our our boy Titanium Mike. Yeah, uh, I gotta say I agree with you on the spelling of <laughs> Vinian. Um, yeah, so I I don't often <clears throat> talk about this with Titanium Mike, but when I first had the character concept, I had kind of been looking for a way to use a character kind of to remind me of my dad. Like, I had, I had been wanting to use some inspiration from my dad because we don't get to see each other much. He lives in Texas. Um, <clears throat> but due to that, I was like, well, how can I do it without just, like, lampooning him, you know? Like, I'm not trying to, like, make a caricature of my dad, but I wanted some inspiration there. So when I was a kid, when my dad was around like a lot of what we did was watch boxing he was a big mike tyson fan and uh just heavyweight boxing fan in general so i always had really fond memories of us watching fights and um (laughs) which i guess is not great for like an eight-year-old kid but uh it is what it is but so i decided to make a character who is is a former boxer so titanium mike is a vesk which is basically a giant lizard man um who's in the latter years of his life i mean he's like 47 years old i think when the show starts and uh he's a former boxer 
um, not not like disgraced, but he had a falling out with the world of boxing and started his own, he calls it a protection agency, uh, the APA, the Apollo Protection Agency, which is basically like a, a bodyguard service. And their primary thing is ensuring that people safely get to their court dates. Um, so a lot of the time, those might not be the most reputable people in the world, but they'll have, for whatever reason, you know, uh, a lot of danger around them actually making it to their court date. So they may hire the APA to ensure that they don't perish before they can receive their judgment. <laughs> snitches. <laughs> I mean, some of them very likely, yes, are snitches. Um, but some of them may be, you know, high profile political people, stuff like that, that, you know, it, the full gamut of why you may be in danger leading up to your court date. Um, so yeah, it was just a really interesting concept for me to play with and still get to be the big tanky boy that I wanted to be because he is a soldier, uh, particularly an armor storm soldier, which is just the best thing in the world. It really is. Um, I love that specialization. (laughs) Well, they're so defensive and through that are so offensive is the thing. Like, like they very much embody the, like, use defense as your offense and, like a lot of the time when you hear that phrase it's more figurative and no like it's almost impossible to hit titanium mike and then he can also just put out more damage than pretty much anybody in the party uh, i I have a question about about mike um and it's because you guys reviewed the uh character operations manual in one of the uh tom talks Mm mm-hmm if you could go back and build Mike with the character operations manual, I know there's like that. Um, I can't remember the name of the specialization of soldier, but the one where they like get unarmed fighting and are kind of like fit that boxing vibe as well. Would you yeah. go back and rebuild him, or do you like the way that he's built prior to the com? Um, I think I can't remember the name of the like spec that you're talking about, but I, it, to me it felt like it's the aesthetic. That's what the it aesthetic, is. the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like something akin to a combination of a soldier and like a monk kind of thing. Um, so that being said, no, uh, I would stick with the armor storm because, in my opinion, it's the greatest soldier spec. And it allows me all the opportunities I need to still keep the boxing motif and use unarmed strikes because Armor Storm is all about enhancing the damage that your unarmed strikes do. Because it basically functions, uh, when you do your unarmed strikes, you stat them as though you were wearing a battle glove and had the feet for it without having to actually get those things. So it's crazy the way the damage scales. Like where i'm at now we're like level six and i think the the damage for my unarmed strikes is 1d4 plus 15. like it's it's just absurd so no i'd keep the armor storm although he is a mercenary background and i would take the athlete background from understandable absolutely and uh for for you guys listening at home that might think uh that adam does not take the boxer background and absolutely fucking run with it you're wrong. <laughs> very wrong. You're uh, wrong. Let's very gears wrong. again. Let's go back across the yeah. table to oh, yeah. Orin, the resident mystic slash something else. 
Well, uh, I mean, yeah. So Oren is um is is he's a little hard to love. I think. Uh, I certainly think that uh, Ziva and Mike are the stars of the show. But um, you know, Oren has his place. He is the pilot of the uh, of, of the starship crew. And he is also the resident uh, Jedi slash gunslinger, essentially. Uh, Star Shaman Mystic is a, a really, really cool mystic spec that uh, I was immediately drawn to when I first started reading the, um, the the Starfinder Core rulebook. And I just, like, I don't know, it just seems so cool to me to be able to just survive in the vacuum of space. Uh, I thought, you know, that would that's going to come in handy in... Um, in Starfinder, and honestly, that particular aspect has not really come in handy in our campaign, but um, everything else has. You know, I wanted to play the Mystic because they are the healers, and I'm always drawn to uh, healing classes. I just think that um, you know, it's it's such a vital role in any party. I know you can relate on that. Yes, that is correct. Um, well, that's. I was just about to say. I think it's very funny that. I've taken the titanium mic roll and Steve has taken the RN roll yep. in his <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, and also, like, um, we all sort of switched character voices in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, in, mine is very close to ours. It's very, yeah. It's very, it's very in that low register, you know, and the, um, the like graveliness of it. Yeah. Is, yeah. But, the gruffness. Uh, yeah, man. It's fun to do, though. It's a lot of fun to just to get in into that um that range what's but, funny yeah what's funny there also is that like tex arcana has kind of taken as close as you can i guess to the the rn like other than the healing he feels mechanically the most similar to rn yeah yeah well you know witch warper has a lot of um cosmic sort of powers and then with tex being kind of the cowboy as well yeah um yeah, it it ended, it ended up you know funny all the different uh, role reversals that w- we got into with hideous tomfoolery, but yeah, I just honestly I wanted to make a space cowboy. You know, I love space western as kind of a subgenre of sci-fi, and um, I just think there's a lot of uh, cool you know visuals and themes and stuff like that in that genre, and uh, I kind of wanted to slot some of that in to our. Inglorious bastards in space, sort of vibe that we have going with against the Iron Throne. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun to um, to play the character. I, I feel like he's got a, a really versatile uh, tool set, and you know he can do damage, he can heal. Um, now I'm able to tank a little bit, which is kind of nice too. You know, uh, as 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 we get higher up, you know, there actually I've seen where people make a star shaman specifically to tank which i did not do <laughs> because why would i need to with titanium mike in the in the front line but um yeah uh but it's kind of cool to 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 do that little off tank uh occasionally as well so yeah i mean it he's he's fun and he's a beast pilot man that piloting skill is is absurd. Hey, for you just couldn't give that up between the pods, huh? between the shows. You just had to be the pilot. I, I didn't even want. Like, you know what? Like I didn't even want to. It just because Technomancer is just so good at all these skills. I just had had the piloting ranks. But no, I mean, if if uh, if Yvari wants to drive, she can certainly drive. Yeah. We'll need a new uh, pilot's chair. Yeah. Yeah. For One sure. significantly wider. 
But yeah, Zach, it's been a joy to listen to Oren develop. He's he's a very interesting character. You're right. Um, a little rough around the edges, um, but in a but in a good, gruff, um, likable kind of way. Punishery. You know, he's 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 got yeah. some he's got some roughness to him. But you know, you know, in his heart, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. At least yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know. I, think, I don't know what you're planning. Deep down, yeah, no, he's uh, he's certainly a, a much. Um, more moral individual than say Vinian is for oh, sure. I, I can see that. So, so yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. I mean, you know, uh, I, I know that um, he's he's not easy to love, but but you know, he's got a heart of gold deep down underneath it. Well, you know, thanks for sharing. We're looking forward to see where these characters go. Um, in the meantime. We're kind of we're kind of we're kind of headed towards the end of this, guys, and we've got a whole lot of listener questions. As always, I hit up our Discord. <laughs> um, there's a Zone of Truth questions channel in there that I just say, "Hey, a couple days before I write up the agenda, these folks are going to be on. Do you have any questions for them, guys? I got a lot of questions for you, and I only put a few of oh. them in the agenda. I've got a couple okay. surprise ones that we're gonna that I'm gonna pull out at the end um, for fun. Please tell me you didn't peek." Um, in, in that channel didn't peak good no, good. no I, I i want i want to keep it honest they're, so yeah they're uh they're ridiculous um so first one comes <laughs> from a user uh, pretty good username uh by gorgeous steve tart um is asking pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> good name. all right shut up steve uh what's your favorite monster in monster hunter Ooh, uh great question I think probably Nergigante is my favorite monster. He is a, a, just a absolute brute of an elder dragon, uh, covered Blast. in spikes. Yeah, he's just he's so menacing, and his armor is so metal, and it just he's awesome. He's fun to fight. He doesn't have a lot of cheap mechanics, so it's a nice, good, fair fight. And um, yeah, uh, I'll farm him all day. Heath. Um, I think that's a difficult question, to be honest, because it's like, what's your favorite uh, vibe of a monster, like aesthetic, versus like, what's your favorite to fight, you know, <laughs> because there's lots of them I think are really cool, but I do not really enjoy fighting. Um, but I'd have to go with uh, one of the newer monsters, Namiel, is, is kind of my favorite right now, um, which it's like, it's, I don't even know how to describe Namiel. It's, he's got these big black wings like the art in like Pink Floyd's The Wall um, but then it's torso and, and face and legs and everything are like coral um, so at different parts of the fight they'll be like really colorful like coral but then once you beat it up a little bit it looks like the coral dies and it gets very like brown and ugly yeah she's like bioluminescent she lo- yeah. she's like a water monster and it looks very much like something you would find in the deep you know like there's yeah yeah, she's awesome though. Yeah, she's really cool. Yeah, Dope. I mean, I, as soon as I fought a Namiel, I mean, like, I don't mind fighting Namiel, um, but I was like, this is cool. Like, this just has a cool factor that a lot of monsters don't have, particularly with the bioluminescent like edges around her wings. Um, I've never played Monster Hunter. This is pushing a lot of the right buttons for me, but I don't know what those buttons are because I've never, never played this game. It just sounds <laughs> these, these monsters just sound badass. Griffin, are you are you familiar at all or? Oh, yeah, yeah. I started playing Monster Hunter on the DS. Well, technically, I started playing on the PS Vita, so I know all too well the claw hands. Um, 
of not having dual sticks back in the like, Oh man. Oh, that had to be tough. Yeah. The Vita. Um, yeah. I played World for a little bit, but honestly never got as deep into it as I did um, for you. Mm. And I have to say, because of that, uh, Gore Magala and Shigeru Magala are my two favorites. They're like the yin and yang of the same dragon, kind of. Like yeah. Magala is like the dark right. um, versus the light. And um, I just remember, like, first game I got really, first Monster Hunter game I got really into uh, having like the full high rank Gormagala set and it had like the uh the extra sharpness tier on your weapon and Andy and you look like emo as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. <it> was perfect. <laughs> yes, absolutely man. Gormagala, that was a cool one. What what did you what kind of um like fighting style did you use and for you? Uh I was generally uh sword and shield and then I dabbled in Insect Glaive and in uh, Hammer. Dude, Sword and Shield main. Yeah. Give it up, man. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's too it's, versatile. It's, it's the master weapon. I can't give it's it up. It's the master weapon. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, the master weapon is the lance, but That's get out of here. true, but okay. <laughs> the, this, we don't need to get into this right now. It used to be the heavy bow gun. Because it was like you fucking kill something from across the map. Yeah, it, it still kind of is now. The light bow gun has really popped. Light off. bow gun, sticky ammo, heavy bow gun. Um, uh, yeah, both of those are really strong still because they're safe. You know, bow's the best one v one range weapon though. Still, right? If you're gonna um, go solo, maybe. Maybe it's it's really fast. It puts out a lot of damage. Yeah. You know, so if you're speed running, yeah, definitely go up. Well, this is gonna really appeal to five people that listen. Uh, hey, everybody <laughs> listens to Monster hey, Hunter, man. man. <laughs> plays Monster Hunter, man. No, 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 no. This is great. I, I love it. Um, we got another question here, though. This comes from Ten Lawn Gnomes. You know him as Eric. He's been on this show before. He's a good dude. Since we've got some out of towners on the show, what's one quirk from your area that you would change? Uh, like the racism. Maybe. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I, I was gonna was say gonna that. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I really had one thing I could change, a probably quirk. that. Yeah, that a little quirk, quirk. Not a, a big quirk. quirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it would be number one racism. Number two, the prevalence of crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's everywhere now. Well, right. Uh, there you go. Oh. That was uh, sufficiently <laughs> His example for was, you guys. Oh. From the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, took that away. Sorry, Eric. Sorry about that, man. Yeah, uh, into social commentary land. <laughs> in in terms of like colloquialisms and stuff, I hate that we still have the legacy of uh, what was the comedy tour that was all the rednecks with Jeff Fox oh, and the all them. Blue Collar Comedy Tour? Get, the, yeah, Blue Collar Comedy Tour. I hate that people still say get her done. Oh, man. I hate that so much. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. Pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, you but, guys were talking before we started recording about the prevalence of truck nuts. Care to comment? <laughs> yeah. Truck nuts. That's a thing. Let's get rid of them. Let's ban them. Castrate all those trucks. Does, I, I, I hope that everyone has experienced the joy of riding, being stuck in 
traffic behind somebody with truck nuts hanging from the back of their uh, vehicle. But if not, they are exactly what they sound like. <laughs> yeah, they it's, are. Just Google it. It's something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing says I never ever use my hit trailer hitch than truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's the the best thing I've ever seen with truck nuts, which I know is a very specific conversation. Uh, I saw like, oh my God, it was like a Pontiac car with truck nuts on it. <laughs> Somehow like, got them on. Years ago. Yeah. Here. So just throw them on my Toyota Camry. Well, I think Haley's <laughs> Prius C, for whatever reason, on God's green earth, has a trailer hitch. I don't what? know what she's ever going to pull with that thing, but I think you could put truck nuts on a Prius C if you want to. <laughs> yeah, She's not going to listen yeah, to this. You, you should, should just you should yeah, get sure. her some for her next birthday. I should put yeah. them on and not tell her. Yeah, she's not driving her car a lot these days, so I'll just put them on, and then next time when she actually has to go to work, she parks in the work parking lot, everybody at her... That her job is going to be like, truck nuts, good choice. And listeners, don't you dare tell <laughs> her about this plan. Nobody tell her. Nobody tell her. Yeah, you got to keep it on the DM. All right, so uh, thanks for the very yeah. lighthearted uh, responses to, to this question. Sorry, man. We brought, brought it back, it back. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, next one comes from user Blonde Beer. Um, for the next one, probably already discussed before but for any guests i can't remember if we've answered this question before um what ap would they like to run i kind of selected this one because i know heath has an answer and it's an interest it's a good one <laughs> yeah yeah uh i've done a little bit of the work already i have like the the pdf and plan on i guess in a couple months or so uh i, I want to run donna flame um because i find that concept fascinating that like there are cities inside of the sun and the whole thing it's a six book ap that all takes place within the sun of the packed world system can you call it the uh might as well be walking on the sun podcast that'd be great yeah you nailed <laughs> it good one might yeah. as well be diving into the sun right I don't don't doesn't it get what, into something like one of, that? One of the go. books is called sun divers yeah yeah that's what i thought but I would probably, yeah, if I had to title it, which it's going to be like a home game, not a home game, but yeah. like a not podcast, right. not officially released. Somebody but has I'll, to do I'll a title it. My Cousteau character, <laughs> except for the sun <laughs> instead Absolutely. of the ocean. Well, I mean, it does kind of have that vibe, like viewing the the sun as a sea, oh, that's so you funny. know, as a gigantic yeah. ocean. Yeah, it's really cool, and and like the whole deal is. Like I said, there's these bubble cities within the sun that are interconnected by, you know, tubes and stuff. So there's like basically like subways that go from the, the different um, bubble cities. And because they're all kind of isolated, they all have very different vibes. You know, like one of them's a big um, like industrial complex. One of them's like the um, elf and, uh, kind of zone, like elf and uh, Lashunta area and like that there's like 10 or 11 bubble cities yeah that 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 entry um of the the civilizations that have been built like in and around the sun was one of my favorite uh few pages in the packed worlds guide it was just phenomenally interesting to me yeah well and we recently on um our zone of truth uh, that I have forgotten the name of. Oh my god, Tom talks. Uh, Tom talks. Yeah. Um, Don't you run that? Sorry, show? guys. 
Dude, I had a, I had a late <laughs> night, guys. Uh, forgive me. Um, but we did the Near Space book, and that's all about the Vescarium. Turns out there's civilizations in their sun, too. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, these days, everyone's sun has some people in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, just like a massive, extremely hot ball of fire. Might as yeah. well settle down. Easiest you know, place. Start a family. Just nice neighborhood. The weather's nice all year round. It's always sunny. There's a, yes. <laughs> I, boy, that's 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 a show title if I've ever heard one. Yeah, we've we've come up with a couple of good titles for my uh, not a podcast. <laughs> Just give it a title anyway. Yeah. yeah. Hey Zach, what do you want to run? Uh, so like as far as Pathfinder modules, like one E has so many APs mm-hmm. that I don't even know about. You know, so I don't I I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but as Starfinder, I'm most excited about Signal of Screens, which we're going to start getting into very soon because it's it's like a horror module. It's it's you know very psychological and that kind of stuff. And I really like you know that stuff. I um I GM'd Curse of Strahd in, for Five E and absolutely loved it. And um I know that you know Carrion Crown in One E is, is a got lot. Got the car, kind of. It's the got the car, right? So yeah, Strahd, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm really excited about that. The Threefold Conspiracy seems really interesting coming out for Starfinder. I, I'm definitely going to look at that one. May consider running that, you know, just for shits and gigs. But we'll see, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I would say um, Threefold Conspiracy, Signal Screams, the ones that I'm most into. Coming I, up. I really like with the Threefold Conspiracy because uh, when Zach first got interested in it, I was hanging out at his house and he was like, just read the blurbs, you know, about the books or whatever. And I really like that the first book seems to start with a kind of uh, murder on the Orient Express kind of vibe. Yes, it does. I have no idea where it goes, but I'm interested. Well, yeah. uh, the one I most recently got in the mail, like, is just like in bold in the black or in in the in the back uh, matter, like, trust no one, don't trust your surroundings or something. And it's just yeah. like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's how we're leading into this one. Yeah, man. So that, so that seems pretty cool. You know, we'll see what happens with that one. Looking forward to it. That, that's that's awesome. Griff, you running enough stuff yet? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I were to run something Starfinder, I think I've said it a lot that I'm really excited to hear you guys play through Signal of Screams because that was the one that I was like, oh, I'm really interested in this horror. Um, so I backed Grimmer Space, which is third party. And I'm really excited to finally get that whenever <laughs> it finally ships the PDF uh, because it's supposed to be like a totally grim, dark horror uh, version of Starfinder, like yeah. sci-fi yeah. gone post-apocalyptic kind of. And um, I'm excited for the adventure path they have built into that because the first uh, the first module of it is just so gruesome <laughs> which is right up my alley uh, but for for Pathfinder I'm running um, Curse of the Crimson Throne with Haley I think one that I'm really looking forward to at least reading is the new one where you're like the Absalom police department 
because I just feel like the role-playing opportunities in that one are going to be pretty epic. Like to be crooked cops oh, yeah. or to be... Yeah, to be like the beat cop yeah. at Epsilon Station. And yeah. I feel like uh, you could get some like true detective vibes out of that and you could get so you know, you could also get some like film noir vibes out of that. So I think it'll be uh, a really <laughs> interesting be- AP. It'll be somewhere between like a true detective and like when community did their like CSI <laughs> episode. Exactly. I love it. Community all on Netflix now, which is great. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's definitely Fucking like in, in terms yeah. of uh, what I've been watching. It's yeah, absolutely. Community. I was where- waiting for an opportunity to bring this up because I had always like our friends watch community and I had watched episodes here and there sparingly, but never chronologically. So I just finished season three of my first actual chronological watch of community. Nice. Maybe maybe tonight it's I'll so wear my uh, my uh, my Greendale Community College shirt. Oh, you have a Greendale shirt? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's With so an cool. anus flag on it. Yeah, it, I think it's a, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I think, jeez, oh, I can't remember. I think the front is just traditional, and on the back it says something like "I'm a human being" or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't man. remember if the anus flag is on it, but it, it could be. Um, as for myself for this question, um, obviously you guys have heard me talk about Serpent Skull a whole bunch on this show, but recently I did read through the module Ire of the Storm, which takes place in Sargava. And um, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of GM experience, but it just felt like a really cohesive, fun adventure. It's uh, I think it's something like 60 pages long. So I think that's a little longer than your yeah. usual one book, um, but it takes you through six levels. So you move. Oh, that's wow. pretty nuts. Fast. Oh, Wow. Uh, but that would be really cool to kind of blast through. I mean, you're leveling up basically every few encounters. You know, it really keeps your players, you know, really chomping at the bit to keep moving. Um, and it the story is really cool. I really enjoyed reading through it. And I don't know. Maybe I'll play it one day. Probably not. We'll see. Um, question. But, but since is, we do. What's that? What's up? What is Sargava? Is that like an island nation or something? Ooh, don't get me started. Um, basically on the southern planet. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not right. Uh, Go the, Starfinder the southern, the, I, I'm, I, my, I, my head's in the Starfinder space on the southern continent, Garand of the kind of inner sea area where most of Pathfinder takes place. Um, the vast majority of the continent is, uh, part of this big old expanse called the Milwaukee expanse. It's where my character yeah, on, on okay. this show is yeah. from mm-hmm. um, a, a little piece of it, which is kind of by the Southwestern shore um, got colonized by people from Cheliacs. And it's, it kind of, to me almost feels like a, um, like an analog for something like South Africa. That's, that's exactly um, what I was thinking. I was like, like a yep. South Africa thing. Yeah. Okay. Where, where you've got your native population kind of coexisting with all of these colonists. They broke away from their original, uh, Chalaxian rulers, but now you still, you still have that tension yeah. of, um, you know, colonists or former kind of former ish colonists and the people that, you know, deserve, and own that land um (laughs) yeah so it's 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 a it's a really interesting dynamic to play in um and so that kind of has me excited um my my character saw is from there oh okay neat yeah um i'm kind of really interested in that area of the world if you guys couldn't tell oh really however um, however (laughs) 
because we have our Starfinder friends on here, um, it's not even close to being out yet, but there's an adventure path that I heard about that's coming out called Fly Free or Die. And it's going to it's apparently going to be running from November 2020 to April 2021. Um, Basically, your crew is this blue collar transport team so like your space truckers yeah yeah and it's the, it's kind yeah. of the firefly adventure <laughs> yeah, yeah future i'm a firefly something like that I, I i think adam told me about it well i want to run this bitch because i'm gonna make it the fast and the fast. oh boy <laughs> yes <laughs> gonna be so much talk about family you need to get, you need to get Vinian. with family Heath, I'll have you on. That'd be fucking great. You need to oh, get man. Zach and have Vinian on there. Oh, Vinny and Diesel. Vinny and Diesel. Yeah. Oh, no. The drive-bys. Vinny drive-bys. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Last of the official questions tonight, guys. We're going to go through this one a little quick. I want to hear Griffin, waffles or pancakes? Waffles. waffles. All right. This one comes from Veridux, by the way. Veridux. Uh, Zach, waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Waffles. Uh, Heath. Waffles or pancakes? Unequivocally waffles. Wow. I'm going to be odd man out here, guys. Pancakes. pancakes. Steve had, uh, instead of chicken and waffles, chicken and pancakes like one time, and it was all over. He's a pancakes man <laughs> after that. <laughs> Changed his Fucking life. Bl- blew my socks off. Did you Did you use, for your chicken and waffles, uh, a hot sauce batter? For your fried chicken, I don't think so. That's it had hot sauce I garnish. I don't know that it was bad. Nah, you, you need to you need to make that hot sauce batter, man. That's the way to go. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, get some get some Nashville I'll chicken uh, and waffles. Well, because it's not, it doesn't make it hot. It just gives it an awesome flavor. Because once you cook it, it's like a lot of the spice is removed, but the flavor is just beautiful. Yeah, that's a that's a southern staple there. All right, guys. Now, uh, now that we've talked through uh, the important questions, we're gonna have a little bit of a lightning round of goofy ass questions that uh, some people in our Discord kind of ran away with. You guys cool with that? Yeah, I, I think I more think than I'm cool. Ready. All right, I'm about it. Let's go. Um, these first three come from by gorgeous Steve Tart. Who wears <laughs> the mustache better, Josh or Brooks? So Ooh. Brooks wears it bad. I'm gonna say Josh. Probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I gotta give it to my boy Josh by default. Then, yeah. Does he rock yeah. a good mustache? He, do- he does. Oh, good. He does. It's a res- it's a I respectable feel like I've seen stash. his mustache before. Oh, yeah. Well, then that's um, a, that's a fucking slam dunk. I mean, you gotta you can have a passable mustache. You get Brooks. Sorry, Brooks. Jeez. Don't apologize. You can flex it. <laughs> All right. Who's the bigger freak in the sheets, Ziva or Steve? Ziva. Ziva at least has intercourse in the sheets. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm I'm on the floor. If if they could do like a Dragon Ball Z style fusion and be Steva, Steva, that, that'd be the perfect book. <laughs> the world cannot handle that. It's not ready. Oh, the world can. is not ready. It can and it will. Because yeah. this is going to be public. <laughs> it's going to be we'll Steven see. Universe all over again. Who's more likely to hook up with the snake girl, Fell or Steve? Fell. Yeah, Fell's more likely to actually find a snake girl. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. Steve, how do you feel about snake girls? I guess that's positively, generally. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Then Sir Newt follows up with who's most likely to hook up with the snake guy? Ziva or Steve? Fell. Fell. Oh, fell. Fell. <laughs> fell. Steve. <laughs> oh, go with Steve on that one. Who knows? 
All right. Um, this one comes from uh, a user formerly known as Bear Claire. Um, his new okay. name is Steve is Handsome and Funny. So you, uh-huh. set, you set this up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we got on Drunken Discordedly with these dudes, and they like me too much. Um, all right. So this one is targeted directly at you guys, Heath and Zach. An unstoppable runaway trolley is headed down the tracks, and you see someone has tied down infinite orphans down on the infinite tracks. You can switch the trolley onto an empty parallel track, but the switch mechanism requires you to laugh genuinely at a Josh pun. Please justify why you let the trolley run over the orphans. Assume friction is zero for this problem. Can I I answer first? It's because we can't let Josh have it. You know what I'm saying? That's... It doesn't matter how many orphans we have to sacrifice to keep to keep Josh grounded. You know what yeah, I mean? It, we can't let his ego run away. Yeah, it, it would go to his head, man. Can't have a he single would, pun. He'd start to think he's genuinely funny, and we can't allow that. <laughs> Jesus. An acceptable sacrifice. Uh, th- this is what we do. <laughs> I listen to your show. Fair. I knew that response is coming. <laughs> That's why I asked the question. It was too good not to pass up. Next all right, folks. Well, no, that that was it oh, for all it. of the, oh, the random ones. <laughs> what a great finale! He just then. he just had a huge gulp of that. Truly, it was ready. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we both did. I was like, I got my twenty-four ounce here. Like, let's do it. <laughs> uh, well, well, guys, thanks for being good sports with some surprise questions. Thanks for taking the time to run through all of the stuff we covered today. It was a lot, but I think it was all good. Um, before we sign off, where can people find you guys if they want to know more? Well, you can go to our website. Um, it, is the website just southerntomfoolery.com? It is. Okay. Uh, I never go there, obviously. Um, <laughs> because you can also just find us on whatever your podcast you know, catcher of choice is. We're on all the big ones. Are you guys social media platforms? You're on all them, too, I'm yeah, assuming? Yeah, at southerntomfoolery.com. On Twitter, um, I think Emily has a, an Instagram for us as well. I guess just search for STF on there. Um, we have a Discord, of course. Uh, definitely, if you're not already uh, in either of our Discord communities, uh, please join. You'll see the same people running around there. Yeah, we, we do have listen to Hideous Dog well. Foolery. <laughs> yeah, listen to Hideous Dog. Only way to find Absolutely. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that the Discord's the one that I think we. Uh, put the highest premium on. We really want to get as many people in the Discord as we can because that's that's where the fun happens. We're the same oh. way. We let our uh, true free flags fly in in the Discord. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have some lovable Absolutely. degenerates in the Discords. They're all just just wonderful. They're so great. <laughs> <Some> wonder- <laughs> wonderful assholes. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't change. And even that. though you guys you guys might not be promoting it right now, but I'll do it for you if I have to. You guys also have a Patreon where you can unlock a bunch of really cool rewards and flip these guys a couple bucks for all the great services they're doing. Check them out. There's a lot of cool shit on there and support uh, art like this because it's one in a million. These guys are great. I personally uh, patronize and I will say uh, it was worth the price of admission just for the koozie. Let alone the rest (laughs) of the stuff. That koozie is... uh, That koozie is money. Steve has stolen it from me, and he uses it almost every episode. <laughs> Seriously? But that's, 
I mean, it stays. Yeah, in your but house. it's his. It's his like regular rotation. He he usually brings up a koozie for each drink he has, but he always leaves your koozie on in his spot on the table, so it's always the first one he uses. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to Emily Griff. We'll see about getting another koozie sent up to you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All I think right. we can I like swing that for you, man. Treatment. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to say I appreciate Steve turning our forget, forgetfulness into what looked like humility because um, we just forgot to mention the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are too humble. <laughs> they don't want your money. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we just want your involvement, you know? They oh, said you know, money, the money, money they said, no. All we need is your bank account information. And I was like, oh, wow. Social security number, date of birth, your mother's maiden name, you know, (laughs) just just the little things. Absolutely. Um, Guys, I'm going to speak for Griffin and myself. Thank you so much for joining us. We love playing with you guys. We love listening to the show. And we had a lot of fun talking to you today. Thanks. It was a blast. Likewise, man. Thanks so much for having us. You guys are awesome. I mean, we, we, we love you guys. Uh, uh, it's been really nice to have this sort of um, bond that we have formed with our shows. You know, I, I often say that uh, HLP is our sister podcast in a lot of ways. And I think that, um, you know, between the communities and, just, you know, you guys being awesome people, it's just, it's really nice to uh, hang out, get to know you guys and play some games together. Enjoy our uh, shared hobby. I mean, we are the Minneapolis and St. Paul of podcasts. I won't say who's who, but we are the sister. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. Uh, Whatever the podcast equivalent of a bromance is, like, that's what we got going on here. Yeah, we wouldn't, uh, listeners, we wouldn't record multiple episodes with these guys and our whole crew listens to them and, like, they are the Starfinder podcast to listen to. I'm telling you, if you're not listening to them by now, like we've already had them on. You got it now. <laughs> like you have to. This is the second time. We, this is the second endorsement. We have some wild no stuff. No excuse for you guys. We have some wild, wild stuff. Um, and c- get at me in a month, Griff, uh, and let me know what you think. You know of what we got coming up because it's it gets out there. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do for sure. I, I'm worried, but. Hopefully nobody dies. <laughs> I'll get on you after you listen to that new Usedale. I, I plan um, on it, yeah, for sure. But but in the meantime, both you guys, Heath, Zach, you made your will save. You made it out of the zone. Oh, thank God. Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> You're free. Griffin, what do you want to well, say? I'm going to need you guys to finish your drinks because we'll see you in two weeks. I'm not going to lie to you. There's no chance in hell I'm about to finish this. <laughs> 24 ounces. <laughs> cheers, boys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, cheers. Cheers.